Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hey guys, it's Jessica. Welcome to episode number 40 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I am so happy to be here with you guys today. Oh man, I literally thought that I would not potentially not be able to get this episode out <laughs> again. Like here I go again. Um, I'm not the most uh, savvy person on all of these gadgets and computers and recording. And, you know, as I've been chastised before for tapping on my keyboard during my podcast, um, if I'm trying to look up the reference that a guest is speaking to me about or something like that. Um, I also try to remember to put in show notes if there's something I'm, I think I might forget. So sometimes I'll do that not realizing that that um, apparently that is super annoying if you're listening to the podcast uh, later I guess even though for whatever reason I never hear like a big disturbance with that when I go back and re-listen so maybe I've missed those but anyway um, you know I do stuff like that and then I've how many times I don't know I've lost the the podcast or not things haven't been saved or I've had to go back and re-record things and oh my goodness so this time um, yesterday I went out to the cabin to record the intro and outro for this um, episode number 40 because I have this great interview for you guys today which I think you're going to enjoy but I was going to do it out at the cabins. We have a couple of day break in between guests staying out there and, and I just love it. It's so peaceful and nice out there. And I thought I would be able to concentrate better out there and have a better time. So, um, did my client calls out there, you know, took my client calls yesterday and then figured I would do that. And my computer, my laptop died. Um, couldn't, was trying to figure out what was going on and ended up realizing that my cord, there was something wrong with the charging cord. So I have a MacBook Pro and uh, this is the now the third cord that we've had to uh, replace on this thing. So I'm like, oh, so frustrating. But I am so thankful that it at least um, had saved the majority of everything that I had done yesterday because I had already started working on you know, splicing the episode and putting it together. So that's good news. Um, And at least my computer's back up and running. But it is putting me behind today because now here it is Tuesday late morning and I'm trying to get this recorded um, and so I can get this saved and get it out to you guys. So uh, without further ado, I'll get on with that and um, stop giving you guys excuses for why it's... I'm running late again. Oh man. And I just have to say, this has been a tough week for me. Um, I really have just been, uh, just, it's been one thing after the other, I feel like. So, um, a little bit, uh, higher stress levels than normal this week. And I'm trying to work through that and try to be positive and look at the brighter side of things. But, Um, it's just been a little bit of a tough week, but on a good note, um, I made some pork spare ribs in my instant pot last night. Mm. Oh my gosh. They were so good. You guys. So I got these spare ribs from our local farmer and I, um, put a little bit of bone broth in the bottom of my instant pot and put these bone, these uh, ribs in. I don't know. I really don't know how many pounds I had. 
um, I probably should know that, but they were, um, I guess I could tell you racks. There were three racks. So like the baby back uh, rib, I don't know if they call, are they called baby back when they're pork ribs? I don't know, but that's what they were. Uh, pork ribs, the little pork ribs, and there were three racks of them. And so I just kind of broke those into six pieces. So I just broke the racks in half and stuck them in there. Um, I put maybe a cup or two cups of bone broth. I don't know. I just threw it in there in the bottom of the instant pot. I put some of my, uh, petite, petite Michael David, uh, red wine that I had open, um, put a couple splashes of that in there. Um, use some of the primal palette. Um, uh, Oh, which one did I use the, I want to say it was the, um, the gr- it was a, it's like a grill a grill seasoning um, oh I don't know why I can't think of the name of that but so this meat seasoning um, kind of poured the, you know put the ribs in and then I sprinkled that all over the ribs I sprinkled salt and some pepper in there and about a half of an onion cut that up and threw that in the bottom so then I just uh, sealed that and I cooked that for 25 minutes on in the instant pot and um, I was in a hurry I did dance class last night with the girls and had to rush back here and just trying to get everything done real quick. Derek plays volleyball on Mondays, so um, he had to rush out to his volleyball games. I knew we had to like really quickly, I had to pull a, a good dinner together and Like I said, I had this issue with my computer yesterday, and it was a busy day with client calls. So it was just, oh, it was a hectic day. (laughs) So, But anyway, I am proud to or happy to say that those ribs came out so tender and so juicy. They were so yum. Uh, We have had some uh, uh, low-carb barbecue sauce with those. Um, I mean, sweet potatoes last night. I I cut up uh, one sweet potato and roasted that. toss it in avocado oil and some salt and pepper and I roasted that in the oven at 425 for probably about 20 25 minutes and then um made the kids green beans they love green beans and made um made a a saute of broccoli cauliflower and onion in some bacon fat and uh Oh, I forgot to say the ribs. I put two uh, or three slices of bacon in with the ribs too, uh, to help flavor them in the instant pot. So I don't know. I've never done that before, and it just struck me as like, oh, this might be good, and it was really good. <laughs> so anyway, so that was our dinner last night. It was so good and um, just very filling and and awesome. So there's a little tip if you guys have an instant pot and you're looking for a quick way to make ribs um, where you don't have to like brine them and you know or um, you know, do any other like pre-cooking or anything like that. I mean, I literally just dropped them right in. They were thawed already. I hadn't frozen them, but, um, but I'm sure you could throw them in frozen as well. So anyway, uh, so we did that last night. That was super good and yummy keto meal was just fantastic. Um, a little bit of a carb up, if that's what you want to call it, um, in with my sweet potatoes. I've definitely been kind of introducing a little more carbs here and there from time to time, and I feel like I do really good with that. Um, it doesn't, most of the time, it doesn't like stoke any cravings or anything like that, and I feel pretty good. I will say that I probably ate more than I should have of the sweet potato. I made one sweet potato and to split between all seven of us, <laughs> um, but I probably had 
had the, I mean, maybe not the majority is not the right thing to say, but I had more than anybody else did. My portion was bigger. So I don't know exactly how much of it I ate, but I probably should have not gone back for the second serving of them um, because I was feeling a little bit bloated after having that. And I felt really good after the first serving. So anyway, it is what it is. So, um, so that was pretty much it, but so on to this interview, you guys. So I, um, am going to introduce to you, if you do not already know who he is or have not heard of him before, I am going to introduce to you guys today, one of my favorite podcasters. I love listening to his podcasts, um, listen to it quite often um, and like to go back through all of the older episodes that he has. He's really just a wealth of knowledge. He has a ton of really great information and I just, um, I really hope that you guys are going to enjoy listening to him as much as I am enjoying sharing this with you. So um, his name is TC Hale. Um, also Tony Hale, AKA Tony Hale. So, um, I'll give you a little bit of information on him and then we'll just get right into the episode. But if you guys all have all this in the show notes, but if you want to go and listen to some of his podcasts, he's not specifically keto, um, which is fine. We talk about other things on this show, obviously not just keto. Um, because really keto, there isn't a diet that is is perfect for everyone, right? I mean, we know that there's some people have a harder time on keto, especially if there's other things going on that they maybe need to fix about their physiology, their biology before going to keto. So um, often we talk on the show about digestion um, being a big one. So, you know, we know that. And But he does have, um, he's written several books and he definitely does lean toward um, having more fat in your diet and being lower carb. And um, um, he just has some really fascinating um, podcast episodes and some great topics that he talks about. And one of my uh, favorite things that he talks about so well and knows really so much about is pH. And so that's what we're going to talk about um, a lot in this episode. We talk about pH, we talk about digestion. And I really just wanted to get a pH um, episode out there um, that someone that is an expert in that area that really has done a lot of research and studying on this um, could talk to you about because I have my opinions on pH from what I know through my schooling and, and my study and my understanding of our biology. But I wanted to have you guys kind of hear hear it from someone that is definitely more of an expert than I am in this area. And I learned some things talking to Tony today, uh, or in this episode and, um, and you know, maybe kind of thought, okay, well maybe I'm viewing it a little too one-sided sometimes. So that's okay. I can admit that. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, so hopefully you'll learn a lot in this episode. So without further ado, let me introduce to you guys, uh, Mr. TC Hale. So like most natural health experts, TC Hale, AKA Tony Hale began his career in stand-up comedy touring professionally as a comic for nearly a decade. He never envisioned that he would one day teach the world how to sleep, poop, or even lose weight on Valentine's day, 2004, Tony lost his voice and it didn't come back. After 23 doctors couldn't figure out the problem, Tony decided it was time to dig for his own answers. Eight years later, not only did Tony figure out his own issues, he also happened upon hidden information about how to improve countless other health problems. T.C. Hale is the author of Kick Your Fat in the Nuts and host of the internationally acclaimed podcast, 
kick it naturally. You can also find Tony producing documentaries like Why Am I So Fat? A film that teaches the truth about weight loss while showcasing Tony's client, Gabe Evans, who lost 200 pounds in nine and a half months by treating Tony's word as gospel. Super excited to have him on here with us today. Hi, Tony. How are you? Jessica Ty. Thank you for having (laughs) me on your awesome show. Thank you. I am. Thank you for coming on, man. This is this is just so excited. I'm so excited for myself to be talking to you, and I am so excited for my listeners. Um, if well, they... I've, I've heard I've heard your podcast, and it's fun to be on a show where somebody <laughs> actually knows stuff, because some, a lot of a lot of podcasts out there they may not, the host you know may just be passionate about health, but that doesn't mean they always know <laughs> stuff. And people who know stuff ask good questions, so it, it's fun. Good. To be here. Well, I'm excited about that. And actually, I have to do I do have to give you some. Uh, credit in the stuff that I know, because uh, since I started listening to you uh, two or three months ago, I guess, um, I know I'm, I'm late to the party, but um, I just heard about you a few months ago and started listening to you and I have learned so much more stuff. Um, wow, that's great. That's yeah. fun. I love to hear that. Now, when you, <laughs> if you're listening to me a lot, uh, that's a, that's fun that you've learned new things, but have you also become more obnoxious? Um, yeah, actually, I think I have. That, that, <laughs> like that I've, I've happen, been yeah. known to say when somebody says is asking me about something, I have actually been known to say now, yeah, there's actually nothing wrong with that except that it's totally wrong. <laughs> 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 which right. is kind of a Tony line. So, right. um, but can you tell my listeners um, who you are and why I think you're so great, what it is you do? Um, well, my name is Tony, but I do go by T.C. Hale. That's my author name when I'm writing books because if you if you Google Tony Hale, you just find like 600,000 pictures of Buster Bluth from Arrested <laughs> Development. And he's an actor buddy of mine, but he has the same name. So I, I use T.C. Hale in my books. Yeah, you guys could be, you guys are like um, twins almost, right? (laughs) Almost, yeah, except he's like seven feet taller than me. and He's a great guy. The first time I met him, I actually walked up to him in Whole Foods. I didn't say a word. I just handed him my driver's license. And he looked at it and he's like, no way. Yeah, sorry. That's awesome. Yeah, we're friends now. He's a good guy. Uh, But he did steal my name, so I had to to take care of that. Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of got into all this uh, natural health. I, I started my career as a natural health expert the same way that most of them do. And I started by touring as a professional stand-up comic. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's how most of us start, right? That's how most, yeah. Yeah. And what happened is I, <laughs> I lost my voice and uh, a comic that can't talk is just a mime and, and nobody wants to see that. <laughs> so... Uh, I started digging for answers, and it it took me eight years to get my voice back. And uh, while I was going to every nutritional seminar I could find and reading every book, I happened upon all this other information that I could uh, about freaky stuff that happens in the body and how to fix it. And so that's kind of how all this took place. Okay, so you just kind of realized, you know, hey, I kind of I kind of dig this health stuff. It's fun. Yeah, I I helped a friend of mine with his insomnia, and he could sleep, and then. He was telling his other friends and people started calling me and this guy was like, I'll give you $500 to help me with my insomnia. And I was like, oh, it's a business. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of how that happened. That's awesome. That's great. So you have, um, so yes, you are an author. Um, Can you tell my listeners a little bit about uh, the books that you've written? Like what, what titles you've got and what you like to talk about? Um, I like to talk about poop a lot. (laughs) Yes, you do. I have, a, but so I, I talk about digestion a lot in my books. Um, 
my most popular book is called Kick Your Fat in the Nuts, and it kind of explains that there really is no diet that's right for every person, and it's it's more important to to look at the individual and how their body is processing foods uh, before you can figure out what's really going to help them. Because we all know someone who's lost 40 pounds on a diet, and then when we try it, we gain 15 pounds. So mm-hmm. the book kind of explains why that happens and how to look at your own physiology, just like really just running tests that you can do at home, simple tests that you can do with equipment that you could pick up at, at any pharmacy or maybe a health food store to actually get an idea of, of what's going on with your body and how you're processing food so you can figure out uh, either what type of diet will be best for you or if there's a diet that you really want to succeed with, maybe how to fix issues in your body that aren't working correctly so that you can process the foods better in that diet. And, yeah. uh, I also have a book like on constipation and another one on menstrual cramps. And just last week, uh, I released a book called Health Pro Results that is for health professionals that teaches them how to help their clients look at their own physiology. Mm, that is super. I'm super excited about that one. That's and we'll talk great. about some we'll talk about some of the self tests today in this show. But if readers want to read about that, uh, I set up a link where they can download my book, Kick Your Fat in the Nuts for free. Um, they can just go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash lifestyle and get it for free. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that, Tony. We really appreciate it. And hey, I want to go back to, you were just talking about um, how there's not one diet for everybody. I could not agree more, Um, but we are, and any of my coaching clients um, hear me preach that at them all the time. But there's also another kind of big deal that I really connected with you on when I started listening to your podcast. And that is, so this is a keto podcast, uh, obviously. So most of my listeners are dabbling in keto or they are ketogenic or they're just trying to learn about it. But one of the big things that I connected with you on is the whole idea that if you are not digesting properly, um, not only will there really not be any diet that's going to be ideal for you until you get that fixed. But specifically, I feel like the ketogenic diet. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about why someone may be kind of running up against a wall trying to be keto and not having proper digestion? Yeah. And this is really big. Like I will babble a lot and you cannot pay attention to 80% (laughs) of what I say. But if you're listening, listen to this because people who get stuck when they try a diet that's as successful as a ketogenic diet for so many people and they fail or they feel lousy or they're wiped out or they, uh, they're nauseous all the time and they just kind of feel like I'm just broken. Maybe I was just meant to be overweight and this is where my body wants to be. So that's how it's going to be. And now I'm going to go have a Twinkie or something. (laughs) But if you understand the human physiology just a little bit and how we process foods, you can see that it might make sense why you were having a hard time starting a ketogenic diet and you can take steps to fix that. And I'll also say that, you know, people don't know, know me as the keto guy, but I use ketogenic diets with a lot of my clients. Um, One of the clients that I had the most success with, he lost 235 pounds in 12 months without any type of surgery, and we were using uh, basically a ketogenic diet with him. Uh, So I have a lot of success. We've been making a a documentary about that um, that you can see the trailer on at uh, whyamisofatmovie.com, and that movie will be out uh, late next year. But we have a lot of really big names in the movie already. It's a, having a lot of fun doing that. But 
basically what happens is a huge percentage of the population does not have their digestion working correctly. And you really have to understand how both sides of digestion work to figure out if you're having a problem or not. And I say both sides loosely. Digestion is complicated. There's a lot of processes in there that take place. Mm -hmm. But there's two major factors that are the most important. And what happens is when we eat food, it goes into our stomach and our stomach creates stomach acid. And that stomach acid helps to start break, breaking down the food and especially proteins. So when the food leaves our stomach, it's in this acidic state. And the acid in our stomach is is like as acidic as battery acid. It, mm -hmm. it can burn your hand if you just put it on your hand kind of thing. Um, so when it mixes with food and leaves the stomach, it's still at a pH of maybe between 2.0 and 3 or so, mm -hmm. which is still really acidic. But what happens then is in the duodenum, which is the first few inches of the small intestine, the gallbladder squirts bile down onto this acid product leaving the stomach. And this bile is very alkaline. So think of it like that science fair project that we all did in the sixth grade where we made a volcano and then we put the baking soda and the vinegar in there and it fizzed up and we were so excited that it made lava come mm -hmm. out of the top. So that's kind of the reaction that you're seeing in the body is this acidic product from the stomach meeting with this alkaline product and the difference in their pH polarity is so massive that it creates like this explosion. It's like this sizzle and this sizzle is what we're living off of. It's, it's the process that helps us pull the nutrients out of the food that we eat because a lot of people don't understand that your body can't do anything with a peanut butter sandwich, that it's not useful <laughs> to your body, but once it's broken down into nutrients, then your body can use the fats, the vitamins, the minerals, the amino acids from the protein. All those things are vital, but a peanut butter sandwich is not helpful. It's just delicious. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what happens is for a lot of reasons, uh, stomach acid production can be very low in, for, an, for an individual. And even if they're not taking some kind of acid reflux medication that's completely turning off stomach acid, it can still be low. And don't get me started on the acid reflux situation. That could be a whole other show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've heard it on here before. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I that. Okay, so, uh, but there's a lot of reasons that stomach acid can be low and a person not be making enough stomach acid. So that can be a major problem. And the way that we eat now and just our, our food supply is not great. Uh, a lot of things in our life today, in this modern life, can cause the bile to become too thick and sticky and it doesn't flow correctly. And it can get kind of stuck in that gallbladder and then we eventually form stones and then we scream and then we go to the doctor and he yanks it out and now we don't have digestion anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we do is we teach people how to take steps to improve bile flow if their bile is not flowing correctly how to look at their physiology to see if maybe it's having a problem, um, see if they're making enough stomach acid, and if not, how to use supplements to kind of create digestion so that your body can pull enough nutrients out of the food that you're eating so now your body has the resources it needs to properly digest because this the stomach acid thing is a mess. It's like your body needs minerals to make hydrochloric acid, mm -hmm. but without enough hydrochloric acid, you can't break down food enough to pull the minerals out. So a person can just be 
screwed for decades and, and not know why. And it's they're just kind of stuck in this cycle of they can't create enough acid to break down the food that they're eating and pull the nutrients out of that food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And so what I want to talk about on this episode, which is going to, this is a perfect segue, is I really want to get into pH um, okay. and pH in the body and um, this this idea um, of pH, if we can, if you could explain that a little bit for us and what people mean when they're talking about balancing the pH in your body, because this, this goes, this is going to go really well with what you just talked about, especially because you already mentioned the pH of stomach acid, for instance. Um, which is extremely acidic. Right. Oh, wait, we oh, I forgot one thing, too. I totally missed the point of what I was going to share, <laughs> is that if bile is not flowing, bile is how we emulsify the fats we eat. And yes. if the fats that we eat are not emulsified correctly, they start to rot and ferment and become toxins in the body. So if someone doesn't have their bile flowing correctly and they go on a ketogenic diet that is like 80% fat, then they won't be able to digest those fats very well, and they're going to feel nauseous. They're going to want to throw up. Those fats are going to be toxin toxins that your body may even store in fat cells to keep the body safe, mm-hmm. and they can gain weight. Uh, also, we're dropping out carbs when we go on a ketogenic diet. Most yes. of our carbs are removed, and the problem is that a lot of people have gravitoid, gravitated toward eating all these processed carbs and junk, because those foods are easier to break down and at mm-hmm. least turn into fuel so a person can function as a human being. Yes. So if you take those foods away, but they can't digest the fats and, and, the, and the more of the protein that they're having now, then you just took away their fuel source and they're miserable and, and, and they fail on the diet. So mm-hmm. you can see that by fixing digestion, now all of a sudden you can implement a, a healthier diet and it actually works for you. You're satiated. You're not having cravings. You don't punch your mailman because he's wearing <laughs> shorts. You know, all the things that can happen when you go on a diet that's not working for you. Yes. Uh, so you really got to look at digestion. We, You talked to me before that you'd gone through our course. We have basically mm-hmm. it's a free course on kickitnaturally.com that kind of walks people through how to look at their digestion and how to fix it. It's actually, I think it's 50 cents now because we're trying to keep out the spam registration. So you'll have to spend a whole 50 cents to get the course, but it's that'll help a lot. Yeah, it's well worth the 50 cents, guys. I went through it um, when I started. Well, actually, I'm still going through it, but just because I kind of <laughs> was dabbling in it. But um, I just wanted to see like, OK, I started listening to this guy and I'm like, all right, he's got this uh, digestive course. but let's just see how much he really knows. <laughs> And I have to say, I was like blown away. I mean, there's so I've taken so much away from that course and some of the things that you talk about, some of the great ways that you just explain things. So it's definitely worth it. Um, All the listeners should go get that. Okay, cool. So back to pHs now. So I think what we want to do today is kind of uh, kill the myth about these dealkalizing diets and such. Yes. And before. I talk about any of the errors that are taking place. If listeners are on an alkalizing diet or they're using their alkalizing water filter and alkalizing drops and all these things and baking soda, I need to first say that I, I it's okay. I'm with you. I fell for it too. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first things that I did when I started looking at using nutrition to uh, heal my body a little bit. And I fell for a lot of the mistakes because they made sense to me the way that these 
pH gurus were presenting them. Mm -hmm. But once I understood human physiology better and I calmed down and, and, and stopped wanting to punch all of the PJ, <laughs> pH gurus, I, I realized that I could help people understand what, what's going on. And maybe the important thing to look at is why, why does this help some people so literally miraculously? Mm -hmm. um, because the, the pH diets and pH water filters are very popular. We have to understand that. And things don't get really popular unless they help at least somebody. So a few things that we have to understand right off the bat is that we hear people say, oh, I'm too acid. I need to alkalize. What, what foods are alkalizing? Because I'm too acid. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that the human body is not like that. There, there are different polarities throughout the human body in different compartments. And some are very acidic, like we just talked about. The stomach is very acidic. And there are other compartments that are more alkaline and others that are in a, in a balanced state. And we're talking about things like um, at the cellular level, uh, the uh, fluids around the cells. You know, we just talked about bile and how that's very alkaline. So when you're looking at an acid or an alkaline imbalance, what you're really looking at is the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of pH gurus will tell you is that you can look at your urine and saliva pH, and that will tell you if you're too acid or too alkaline, uh, and if you need to alkalize, and uh, you better hurry up and alkalize or you're going to die on Thursday. <laughs> so the problem with um, looking at your urine and saliva pH to get an idea if your blood is is too acid or alkaline, the only situation that that's problematic there is that it's not true. <laughs> so we want to use the information that's true. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at whether a body, and I'm just trying to use the same language that they're using, is too acid, uh, we need to look at the bloodstream. And it's important to understand that the bloodstream has a pH that it has to stay within. And it's a very small range. It's, it's not even like a full point. Um, and if the blood moves too far out of this range, you literally die. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we don't want to do that. We don't want to die. So uh, when we're looking at the pH and saying whether a person's leaning too alkaline or too acid, uh, we're just looking at the bloodstream. Now, Looking at your urine and saliva pH can provide a lot of information, a lot of very valuable information, but it does not correlate to what's going on at the bloodstream at all. It's 100% fiction. There's no part of that that's true. You've probably seen other stuff out there that's fiction too. Um, yeah, lots. Yeah, some books and things. <laughs> like, well, like to help understand, like that movie, The Avengers, that was awesome. It was, it so was fun. awesome. Yes. It was entertaining. It was funny. It was thrilling. But, but fiction. It was fiction. <laughs> yeah, that, that stuff didn't really happen. Right. So people need to understand that a little bit. And uh, so what we do, because we teach people how to look at their own physiology, and we like to see if a person's bloodstream is leaning too acid or too alkaline because it can create some symptoms and issues. But the first thing that a person usually needs to understand is that Let's admit that a bloodstream can be leaning too acidic. Um, mm -hmm. That is a possibility, and I actually see that in about 30% of the clients that I work with. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and that can cause problems. But if that imbalance is real, 
then there has to be another imbalance in the other direction. Absolutely. If that's not true, then there's no place for balance. There is no middle ground. And I think this is what makes me the most crazy about hearing, okay. you know, certain people talking about the, you know, how to this whole alkaline myth is that they'll say, well, if your bloodstream gets too acidic, you know, this is acidosis and this you you'll you could have seizures, you could die. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, but we just don't talk about the alkalosis part of it then. Like, right. like is nobody recognizing the fact that you could swing the other direction? <laughs> like right. somebody so, help me out here. This is not hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, the, the gurus uh, tend to not mention that part. No, and, they don't. Uh, when I was alkalizing, and here's the problem that, that happens, and first of all, the reason that some people see such a miraculous result from this is, is twofold. One is that a lot of these people are drinking alkaline water to achieve this alkalizing you know, state. And what they don't tend to look at is that the body is mostly water. Mm-hmm. And I see people all the time that I'm like, how much water did you have today? And they'll be like, well, I... I brushed my teeth this morning and I, I got a little vin and I'm, I'm going to brush my teeth later tonight and I just had some coffee so I got some water. Mm-hmm. But the, the body needs water. You can't <laughs> wash out all the filth. Your body is becoming basically a dumpster mm-hmm. because there's no water to come help wash the junk out. So what a person does, they learn that they need to alkalize or they're going to die. So they spend $4,000 on a water filter. Now, when a guy spends $4,000 on a water filter, do you think he might drink some water? <laughs> you better betcha. <laughs> yeah. Every time he looks at his checkbook, he's like, where'd all my money go? He's like, oh, yeah. Maybe I should go have a glass exactly. of water. I spent all the money on it. So there are tremendous health benefits that can come from just increasing water for some people. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to drink more water. Usually they do, but some people don't quite qualify to to increase their water intake uh, for many other reasons that'll be too complicated for us to get into right away. But uh, so water is a big deal. And and sometimes that can be what creates a lot of the improvements. And the other thing is that there are those people whose blood is leaning too acidic. And when you create more balance there, not only do you process uh, your nutrient, your, the, basically the glucose that your body is using much more, um, I don't, I don't want to say efficiently, but more balanced, mm-hmm. uh, which allows your body to stay on a more even keel and not be stressed out because every, you know, it's running out of fuel or something. Mm-hmm. So that can be a big improvement for a lot of people. But there are also about a third of the population whose bloodstream is just kind of balanced. And then there's another third that seems to be where their bloodstream is too alkaline. So to see why that's detrimental, we need to understand what happens when the bloodstream goes too alkaline, because it's not, it's not always just a happy dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens? The, one of the major things is that you've probably heard of oxygen. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's one it's of those, something... the one of those necessary evils. <laughs> right. Yeah. Most of our listeners are utilizing it right now. Yes, most. Not all, most. <laughs> if they're <laughs> listening, they are, because right. if they're if, not, if they... they're not hearing anything. <laughs> Stay away from the light. Um, <laughs> right. So what happens is when the bloodstream starts to lean to alkaline, uh, the Bohr effect kicks in. And this is something that most of us learned in eighth grade science class, but it, we just breezed over it. And 
nobody ever mentioned again. And so we don't understand what's going on. But when the blood leans to alkaline, oxygen can't leave the blood and go down into the tissues where it needs to be. And it really impairs our oxygen utilization, which mm -hmm. is a lot of times the person can just be totally wiped out. Um, they can have uh, depression and then a lot of other symptoms that can come from just your body's inability to put oxygen where it's supposed to be. Oxygen is a, is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. So when we see that happening, the best way to figure out, and we're going to talk about a self-test now that you can do at home now to figure out, have I been over-alkalizing? Did I listen to that guru for too long and, and maybe this is why I'm tired or other things aren't working well? Mm -hmm. Because when I was doing this, I, had, uh, I lived in an apartment at the time and there were three steps up to my apartment. And I would have to stop and rest halfway up. Mm. Up three steps, I had to stop and just take a breath that's, for a few minutes. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was working as a personal trainer. I was fit. You know, that's not how it worked. Right. So what we want to do is we want to look at our breath rate, the rate at which we breathe, because this is the body's biggest buffering system that it uses to kind of regulate the pH of the blood. And the pH gurus kind of tell us that you know, you, our food is too acidic and then the body steals all this calcium from our bones to kind of buffer all these acids from our diet. And that's why we have osteoporosis and we're about to die. But that is a possible buffer for mm -hmm. acids. But the main buffer that the body uses is our breath. And what happens is that people know that we, we breathe in we bring in this oxygen and then we exhale CO2, which is carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is, is an acidic substance. So what the body does is when the blood is leaning to acidic, it will increase the rate at which we breathe to huff off more CO2 and sort of balance out the bloodstream a little bit. Mm -hmm. By removing that CO2, it reduces the acidity of the bloodstream and the bloodstream can become more balanced. If the blood is leaning too alkaline and oxygen can't leave the bloodstream to get down to the tissues where it needs to be so we can function, then the body will slow the speed at which we breathe so that it can hold on to more CO2, acidify the bloodstream, and allow uh, oxygen to get where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Of course, when we are taking all these alkalizing substances and drinking all this alkalizing water and working against what the body's trying to do, the breath rate can get so slow that the person can literally have sleep apnea. And this isn't the only cause of sleep apnea, but it is one of them. It's that the alkaline, the blood is getting so alkaline that the body's just like, I'm going to acidify this blood and get some oxygen down the tissues if it's going to kill this guy and stop him from breathing. And sometimes it almost kind of does in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that's why it's important to understand what your breath rate is. And all you have to do is just lie down and relax and, and set your timer on your phone to a minute and then just try to breathe normally and just count your inhales. Mm -hmm. Don't count inhales and exhales. You just want to count just the inhales. And when the timer goes off for a minute, stop. And, and that's how many breaths did you take in a minute. So around 15 to 16 breaths is a is a good indication of a balanced uh, bloodstream as far as pH goes. 
if your breath rate is down, you know, like below 10, that's a strong indication that the blood is leaning to alkaline. If your breath rate is up near 20, then that's a strong indication that uh, the pH of the blood is leaning to acidic. So it's a really easy thing that anybody can do at home if they just understand how to do that. And then the people who uh, maybe felt better when they first started drinking alkaline water, because again, it is water, and maybe they the blood was leaning a little too acidic and it helped balance them out. But maybe now they don't feel as good or maybe some things are going wrong and they kind of think, well, it can't be the alkaline water because that made me feel better. Mm -hmm. So it must be something else. But what's important to understand is that if an imbalance can occur, then if we take steps to improve that imbalance, like the pH gurus are telling us to do, if we continue to be too aggressive, then we can just create an imbalance in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what about... um well, I think one of the things that I have been asked before about this whole acid alkaline idea is in regards to the diet and people talking about, well, isn't a ketogenic diet super acidic? Because one of the things that they talk about um, in one of the numerous different lists you can find about what's what is an acidic food versus an alkaline food, almost always what's labeled as an acidic food is meat. Can you talk a little bit about why that is uh, not accurate, um, labeling no, any could, food? <laughs> I can't talk a little bit about that, but I could talk a whole lot about that because mm -hmm. it's super annoying. And one thing that you hear from people a lot, they're like, I'm trying to follow this alkaline diet, but nobody agrees. All these alkaline food lists are different and they contradict each other. And, and what I try to explain is that it's easy for a list of foods to contradict each other if none of them are accurate. So if they're all wrong, <laughs> they don't have to match up. <laughs> exactly. It's just okay, basically so whatever you decided you wanted to be acid versus alkaline. What diet well, do you like? Then just demonize all the other foods. <laughs> right. Yeah, give me the ones. Here's, here's how it works, okay? And, and to, to come to a conclusion with these foods, what they do is you may have read or heard that they will take a food and they'll burn it with like a high-powered flame, and then they take the ash, and they measure the ash to see if the ash is alkaline or acid. And then that determines whether the, the food is an alkalizing food or an acid-forming food. And so it's just like science, except without any accuracy. <laughs> because where in the human body is there a flame? <laughs> yeah. We don't have that. Mm -hmm. So it's so far from human physiology that it's a joke. And what you're going to find is that even if you did in-depth studies where you're actually measuring the pH of the blood, not the urine and saliva because that doesn't correlate with the pH of the blood. Um, but if you were doing that and you tested all these foods, what you would find is that the foods that were alkalizing – to the bloodstream for some people would be acidifying to the bloodstream to others because it depends more about how is that person processing the food? What type of reactions mm -hmm. is, is their body creating when it processes that food? Because we all process food differently, not only because maybe we're not digesting, maybe one end of the digestion is not working correctly, maybe our cells are not responsive to glucose correctly, maybe they're, we've become insulin resistant a little bit, and so mm -hmm. we can't process uh, carbs well at all. And, and so the reaction in the body from that food will be totally different from someone who processes carbs maybe overly aggressively. Mm -hmm. So 
one thing we have to look at, I love the meat argument because the second biggest buffer that your body uses to uh, buffer acids is protein. Mm-hmm. So people go on these alkalizing diets and they they go vegan and they drop one of the main tools their body was using to buffer acid, acids in the system. So now if you're eating meat like from you know a fast food joint or it's it's not quality meat and has all these hormones and uh, it's not you know grass fed organic beef or something, then that can be its own set of problems that could lead to a bloodstream acidifying a little bit. Mm-hmm. But meat meat in itself, uh, a high quality meat is not is not only not acidifying, but it's something that can help the body buffer acids that may be too high for some people in the system. So mm-hmm. you can see that everybody doing this is is using similar information, but it's information that's that's not true. And, and mm-hmm. some people say, oh, well, I felt a lot better. And you kind of look at, well, your diet was Pop-Tarts. <laughs> right. You're eating, you're eating vegetables. You're eating real food now. Okay. Right. So that's that's always going to help. Um, but if someone's removed meat because they think it's the healthiest choice, it's not always, that's not actually, it's not ever really the case uh, because if the person can't digest that meat, the meat is going to rot and ferment and become toxic in their body and, and they're going to feel lousy. So when they mm-hmm. remove meat from their diet, they're going to feel a lot better. That's an improvement. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, there are nutrients in animal protein that we can't get from other sources. And it's it's not just B12. A B12 shot is not going to make up for it. There's all these uh, amino acid cofactors that go along with the animal protein that we can't access from other foods. So when we're not bringing those in anymore, or even if we're not digesting it enough to pull the nutrients out of the food, we're still going to get those nutrients. And guess where we get them? We get them from our own body. Mm-hmm. We get the body gets it by breaking down tissues and pulling out those nutrients that we need. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. I, I upset a lot of vegans when I tell them that <laughs> there's kind of no such thing as a vegan because if you're not <laughs> if you're not if you're bringing in the nutrients that you get, your body is eating yourself and it's still eating meat. I'm sorry to break it to you. Right. So that brings up a whole new problem of cannibalism. <laughs> I think. I think I need to check my email. I just had like 1,700 <laughs> people yeah. yell at me. I think email. your uh, email probably just crashed. So, but you know that. But this this is all so interesting. And and one of the uh, things that I recently listened to, actually in preparation for this uh, interview, was I have never really looked into too much of the of all the alkalizing guru stuff. So I'm not going to even mention the name of this particular, um, I try not to, you know, miraculous diet, but, uh, this guy (laughs) in particular, um, man, if I could have reached through my phone and pulled him out, (laughs) it was so hard to listen to because he has in this interview, he has some truth. And uh, some things that make sense that he talks about, but then interwoven in that is a lot of um, completely just nonsensical stuff that is just completely made up. And there is zero scientific backing whatsoever that I'm aware of. And 
um, one of the things that he talks about is, um, of course, he has a program and uh, that goes along with his book. And of course, he has many, many um, products that will help you to not die next Thursday. Right. <laughs> so, um, but but one of the, the biggest uh, claims to fame that he was talking about <clears throat> is that you go on like this, I don't even know how long it was. It was weeks, maybe maybe a, a couple of months or something of a cleanse basically uh, that he wants you to do. And in that time period, you are eating zero whole foods. You're just consuming liquids and pureed things or like, you know, smoothie type stuff and shakes. And as I'm listening to him, I just thought to my, and, he, and, and then he says, well, and we have like this, I don't remember the exact wording, but basically their success rate is through the roof. And he gets all of these emails about how everybody that does this program, it has helped them tremendously. And, and it just brought me back in my head to digestion again, like any time that you are going to just drink your nutrition, of course, if you're if you're struggling with digestion and you're struggling with whatever it is you're eating, if it's Pop-Tarts, if it's a whole foods diet, if it's the keto diet, whatever it is, and then you go to somebody purees it for you and now all of that digestion is done for you in advance, well, right. no kidding, you're going to feel better. Anybody would. It's, right. It's, a lot of these people haven't had, their body has not accessed nutrients in years. Exactly. So when you, when you, when you put food in a blender that can liquefy your iPhone, you're going to be able to pull nutrients out of that when you drink it. You can probably pull nutrients out of the iPhone. Right. I mean, seriously, though. So this is the stuff, though, that they that they say. And I, I feel like it's like preying on people. And then, well, and, I, you know, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, there's two things to look at. And I'll, I'll maybe why don't I take the other side? Maybe I'll defend him for just a second. Okay. It's not going to be a strong defense, but I'm going to pretend to defend okay, him for okay. just a second. Uh, the first thing is that. When someone is leaning to acidic and it can be a, a, a great stress on the body. Mm -hmm. So if they were to do something that could help balance that out a little bit, it would remove a great stress from the body and the person would feel a lot better. And specific issues could miraculously turn around um, and be life changing. And so if a, if a practitioner does something with a client that's, that changes that person's life, it's like, wow, it's an amazing thing to experience from mm -hmm. the practitioner's point of view. And so when you see that two or three times, if you just nailed it, like mm. you got lucky, right. uh, then you start to think that this is the answer that the whole world has been looking for. Mm -hmm. And I found it. I am awesome. <laughs> and then it's hard to stop talking about it because right. uh, and when it doesn't work for someone else, and if you've listened to them ever, you've heard them say, that's called a healing crisis. Yes. <laughs> Just keep doing it and you'll be fine. It's not a healing crisis. It's, it's a guru crisis that mm -hmm. you're listening to the wrong person because the advice that works so well for someone else is not working for you because your physiology is different. Right. So I also want to say that but I'm not before I yell at any more vegans, I was vegan for almost two years. I, I did it because I felt like... The knowledge behind it was correct. I felt like it was the best choice. And when I first went vegan, I felt better. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't I? You know, go out in your backyard and I want you to fill a garbage can with carrots. And then I want you to fill another garbage can with meat 
and then just put the lid on and leave them out in the sun for about a week and then go back and stick your head in both garbage cans and see which <laughs> one smells worse. Right. It's the meat. Because if you can't break down that meat, it's going to rot and ferment just mm-hmm. like it did in that garbage can and your system is going to be toxic. So when you remove that from your body, all of a sudden it's a huge load that's gone and you feel better um, for a while until you start running out of those resources that you need. But Mm-hmm. The truth is that you're allowed to just fix digestion so that you can break down that food. It's not rotting and fermenting anymore. It's not creating all that problems. And now you don't have to be a vegan if you don't want to be. If someone is a vegan because they love, they don't want to eat anything with a face and it's that kind of thing, they just don't want to kill something, I'm fine with that. I, mm-hmm. Because the stress of doing that, if that's against your beliefs, might be as bad as you know anything else you could do but i'm just talking about people who go vegan because they feel like it's the healthiest option mm-hmm. um there's other steps you could take to really create the healthiest option right agreed so here's um i would like to get you to talk about this a little bit and i i know that you have a um a podcast on this if anybody wants more information kick it naturally that's right yeah so it's on <laughs> If you go to kickitnaturally.com and there's an orange button on the right-hand side that says show old full list of show topics, mm-hmm. just click on that and you can find any topic that we've talked about. So I think one of the uh, things that kind of ties into this a little bit that I think would be good to have you speak on is gout. Because uh, that is another thing that, and you don't have to get too deep into this. I know that you could do an entire podcast on this. Um, but we did. Yes, so actually you did. Imagine that. Yeah. that. Um, so they can go and listen to that. But uh, one of the things that this particular guru um, also talks about is how, you know, see, look how bad it is because the, how bad it is to eat meat. And this is, you know, meat is very acidic and look at what it does and even just causing gout. Yeah, it's not always just about, uh, you know, maybe for one person, if if he he experienced this perfect storm, then eating meat would be worse for his gout until he fixed the problems. But it's more about your ability to process those foods because uh, a lot of meats have what are called um, purine proteins. Mm -hmm. And these purine proteins um, can be a little bit harder to fully digest like uh, the protein in like dark chicken or a steak mm-hmm. might be harder to uh, process in this fashion than like a, a chicken breast. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they can't break those down fully, a lot of times those appearing uh, proteins can accumulate in the system and they start getting deposited in areas and uh, changing the, the pH and the chemical makeup around the cells and in the tissues and it can create these pains and um, very similar things can happen with different types of arthritis as well as a lot of, a lot of times it's it's not so much that uh, this food causes arthritis it's just the way that that person is processing it is causing too much stuff to be deposited in the wrong place where it doesn't mm-hmm. belong which results in these types of flames. But, you know, to going back to the gout thing for a second, in the same way that if a person removed all of that food, they may have fewer, like, let's say they removed meat and their gout flare-ups reduced. So then a guru is going to say, see, meat is bad for everybody. Mm -hmm. But this person also is probably having 
uh, renal issues where the kidneys aren't able to remove junk. And it's very commonly because bile is not flowing correctly um, because bile is our body's main exit strategy for filth. That's how we the, – the liver filters out junk, puts it in the bile, sends it through the gallbladder, and then down through the intestinal tract, it goes out the back door. We poop it out. That's that's how we take out trash. But if bile is not flowing, all the trash and everything else is supposed to be excreted starts to get accumulated and create problems like gout. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to point out is that let's say – a person uh, is insane, <laughs> and we know the person I'm talking about. <laughs> but I've had clients that were actually clinically insane, and their breath rate was around 24 or something. So their blood was wow. leaning very acidic. Um, but what happens in that case is they kind of rip through proteins too quickly. So if they're eating a chicken breast it doesn't really give them fuel for very long because they burn through it like that. And then there's no fuel for the brain and they go insane. Um, So you can take these meats, these proteins with higher purine proteins and you can feed them to the people and you can actually correct like schizophrenia and stuff. If you want to understand this more, there's an old book. um, It's called Nutrition in Your Mind by uh, George Watson think mm-hmm. it is and uh he kind of talks about how he went into insane asylums and just kind of helped people fix their diagnoses by just changing the way their body was uh ripping through fuel too fast or too slow so mm-hmm. uh, again it's, it's not about you can't see something that works for one person and then think that it's the right thing for everybody because it's just not the case mm-hmm. okay so as so we've talked about all these um different pH imbalances and and why you know some of these uh, thoughts out there are incorrect in regards to that. But so if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, maybe they've just done the breath test and they think, okay, I am definitely leaning to acidic. It looks like. Um, what yeah. would be the next steps? What do they do? What, how can they help correct that? Are there other self tests that they should be doing to confirm that? Where do they go? Okay, let's talk about alkaline water for just a, a second. I have a couple of new viewpoints a little bit, but uh, <clears throat> basically when you're drinking the alkaline water to alkalize your bloodstream, again, water is great. Uh, a lot of times they use minerals in the water to make it be more alkalizing. A lot of times it's way too much like calcium carbonate, and that's not the best way to do it, but sometimes there's other minerals in there too. Mm-hmm. But if you're drinking this alkaline water with your lunch, you're reducing your ability to acidify that food. So let's say that you are a person that would benefit from helping push your bloodstream a little more alkaline. If you're doing it with the alkaline water and your digestion is not functioning well, you could be completely turning off digestion. Mm -hmm. And now you're creating all these other problems and meat is going to rot and ferment and other foods are going to rot and ferment and create other acids that your body has to deal with. Um, Now, HTL in the body is very acidic. I don't want you to think that alkaline water is just going to neutralize that and turn it off. Mm -hmm. It's not that strong enough to do that. But most people are having deficiencies with their HCL. It's just how the world is right Mm -hmm. now. There's a lot of problems. Like if your blood pressure is low, you're probably not making enough HCL. That's another thing you can look at. Um, So I like to see people do it other ways. There's other ways 
And the first thing to do is improve digestion so that your body can actually use the proteins that you're eating to to buffer those acids. And that's going to be a big help to you. Mm -hmm. There's supplements out there like we use choline sometimes Mm -hmm. that kind of um, is an excellent way to uh, alkalize the bloodstream a little bit, but it also helps to thin bile so that it flows better. So that's a tool that you could use that would help to alkalize your bloodstream if that was needed, but instead of turning off digestion some, it would improve digestion. Mm -hmm. Now, I have heard from some of my colleagues who have kind of tested this out and stuff, and uh, there is some evidence that a person could improve their stomach acid production by drinking the alkaline water because it has minerals in it. And if people are not getting any minerals, that's usually one of the first reasons they can't make enough HCL. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I buy into that. I think that that could be true. But if someone was hell-bent on drinking alkaline water, I would say only do it away from food and only do it if you know that your HCL production is excellent. Like you're not bloating ever. You're not having Mm -hmm. constipation. You're not having acid reflux. Food doesn't feel like it's just sitting there like a rock in your stomach. Mm-hmm. All those things you're going to make much, much worse with any type of uh, drinking any kind of alkaline water. Um, there was one other point that I was going to make. Do you know what it, what it was? I don't remember what it was. No, I don't remember what it was talking about <laughs> alkaline water. But <laughs> I was just thinking about this and I forgot to, to ask you about this. So I uh, have a, a specific uh, client that ha- that is that was drinking alkaline water. Um, because she is a cancer survivor. So she was kind of scared that direction um, because you hear the, you know, cancer cannot survive in, in an alkaline environment um, stuff. So she was, uh, she was doing the alkaline water. Um, so that when I, when, you know, whenever I'm talking to somebody about the alkaline water, I just kind of automatically go back there like, man but <laughs> like can, that's a hard argument to overcome yes like you are just really opening up the floodgates um especially and, and i can buy what you're saying with uh you know can alkaline water really be strong enough that it's going to knock down your hydrochloric acid enough to create these issues but i think most people um i mean at least most people that i work with myself included um have digestive issues and are not producing uh, good amounts of hydrochloric acid. So then you add this alkaline water in on top of it, and now you've just opened the gateway for whatever bacteria or fungus or anything that wants right. to get and, in there. And it's, uh, you know, one thing is that I did remember my other point too, so I'm going to try and oh, set that into it. Write that down. Right. <laughs> um, it, when you're looking at something like cancer, um, the first thing to understand is that when you say that cancer can't exist in an, in an alkaline environment, um, you're not drinking alkaline water and making all of the different tissues in your body alkaline. It's, mm-hmm. There's different polarities and different reasons for, in different areas, and changing the polarity of one that's supposed to be one way um, can push others around it out of balance and mm-hmm. make them wrong too. So when we talked about oxygen – People like to say, oh, this food is anti-cancer. Drink alkaline water because it's it's anti-cancer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and when they say things like that, they don't really understand cancer because 
um, can't you don't catch cancer. You know, it's not like oh, I caught it. Or, my mom had it, so I guess I get to have it too. Gene, you know, genes can uh, set you up to have uh, lean in a direction, but it's not like a law that what happened to your mom has to happen to you. Right. Um, different types of cancer are caused by different types of uh, problems that are going on in the system, and we also know that a lot of cancers only thrive in an anaerobic environment, Mm -hmm. which means without oxygen. So what did we learn happens when we make the bloodstream too alkaline? We learned that oxygen can't get down to the tissues, which means that tissue is now an anaerobic environment Mm -hmm. where a cancer can thrive. So yeah, you really have to look at more than just, you can't just look, you can't just, first of all, you can't look at pH like it's a broad covered thing and and the ph of the body is is all the same it's just not and mm-hmm. then you also can't look at all cancers like they're all the same there's a lot of stuff going on and uh, a lot of cancers thrive in what we explain as an anabolic state and um in an anabolic state a person will have very high urine ph so if you're doing these things that are uh, alkalizing all of these fluids and pushing your body into a state that it shouldn't be in all the time. Um, that's you have the ability to set up the body for other types of cancer. So I, I really mm-hmm. don't like to pigeonhole any type of cancer thing in anything. So mm-hmm. if somebody's going to say I drink alkaline water because it's anti-cancer, I I'm not going to agree with with any part of that. Um, he, here's the other part that'll help this make sense too is that. When we're looking at the pH of the blood, and this, this, you know, we teach about five or six different imbalances and how to look at them in the body and what kind of problems they could cause, what kind of symptoms you might experience if you're very imbalanced in that area. And pH of the blood is one of them. So it is, it's important to us. We want to know what's going on because it helps us understand how the body is operating. But what we find is that if the pH of the blood is out of range a little bit, it will go back into balance by fixing a lot of the other more important imbalances, things like electrolyte state, mm-hmm. uh, where maybe a person has too many electrolytes or not enough. That's a huge thing is that uh, people go to their doctor and they feel lousy and their blood pressure is 99 over 60. And the doctor's like, way to go. Good blood pressure. You're not <laughs> going to have a heart attack. Right. You get a gold star. But the person is, it feels lousy, and that's what you do when you don't have enough minerals and nutrients and your blood mm-hmm. pressure is that low. So when we fix some of the problems above, we fix digestion, we fix electrolytes, uh, we fix some of these cellular things going on, wrong, a lot of times the pHs will go into line on their own. And you can look at this like, let's say that you're, uh, you're going to break into somebody's house so you can steal their VCR. We all want to do that, right? So. <laughs> We go in the house and there's a dog that's barking and growling at us because we're we're impeding on his territory. Now, we all know that a happy dog will wag their tail. But that doesn't mean that if a dog wants to attack you that you're going to go up and grab its tail and just start wagging it to make the dog happy. That doesn't work. Right. So a lot of times when you're trying to move pHs, you're trying to wag the dog of the tail because – uh, the pH is kind of showing you what's going on, and sometimes just trying to move those pHs isn't going to fix the actual underlying cause of the problem. Sometimes you need to go a little further up the ladder to fix the other problems to allow everything to function like it should. 
Totally. Yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of, I mean, that's the trap that we fall into here in kind of the allopathic medicine um, thought process and the way that we kind of all grow up believing that doctors, you know, know whatever they say, that's, you know, it is what it is. And you go in and you have something like low blood pressure or high blood pressure. And instead of saying, let's try to fix some things that could help with this. It's immediately like, okay, well, here's the drug that will help lower that blood pressure. And I, right. I, and if it's, if it's too low, they don't have a drug to raise blood no. pressure. So, so they you, say it's they all say in your good head. job. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah you'll yeah. be fine. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're barely alive according to your blood pressure. Right. Um, just go home and you know, you'll be fine, but the walk the, it off. Exactly. Yeah. Walk it <laughs> off. And if you're too alkaline, you probably can't. <laughs> so. Right. But no, it's it's uh, it is it's very frustrating to me, and I, I feel the same way about the whole alkaline water thing. Is very much like you just explained. It's like, well, you know, why why do we now have to worry about alkaline water when you know where was alkaline water before? How did all these people, you know, survive centuries ago without their alkalizing water machine? Like, I don't understand how. It, you know, it just seems so crazy to me that we can get on this, you know, that we need this and this is how we're going to avoid cancers and all those types of things that they say the alkalizing water specifically or eating alkaline foods are going right. to do. And and yet f- for generations, people have survived on largely animal based diets and uh, and and thrived. And right. somehow they didn't all die from being too acidic. It just right. it just blows and, and my and that's mind. Im- that's important to look at. And at the same time, you'll get the argument. Because w- when you talk about your pH guru that you were talking about, mm-hmm. the funniest thing about him is that when you hear him interview with someone who wants to debate any of this, he, he just talks louder than the other person. So you don't get to hear anything that they say. <laughs> but what some people get defensive about is that if if the some type of alkalizing thing helped them. They and people come along and say, "Oh, that's bunk." I don't want you to think that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying right. that this is, this is just woo-woo. It's just somebody made it up. That's not what it is. There's science in it. Just they took the science and bent it the wrong direction and only looked at one side of the science and said, "Oh, well, this other side doesn't even matter. Let's just throw it out." Mm-hmm. So you really got to look at, at everything when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So another thing that we didn't even touch on was that when you're looking at things like cancers or any other problem that a person's having, if a person is looking at their urine and saliva pHs as their guide to whether they've alkalized correctly or not, mm-hmm. um, when you see a urine pH that's higher than a person's saliva pH, the person's body is kind of functioning in this backwards, upside-down manner, and ions and things aren't aren't flowing the way that they should, and it can create crazy symptoms like all kinds of stuff that makes no sense and then when you help them just do enough to correct that flipped ph thing mm-hmm. their whole world can turn around so if you're looking at your phs and you see that your urine is higher than your saliva there's some stuff going wrong and you want to fix that mm-hmm. absolutely well this has been um extremely enlightening <laughs> as i knew it would be um, I think I'm going to have a lot of questions and probably a lot of people reaching out trying to get some more information about this and clarify some points and all those things. So if they would like to reach out to you or follow you or or I know you do, um, are you, do you currently take on clients? Do you? 
Occasionally. I, I, I also have a course where I teach health professionals. So a lot mm-hmm. of the referrals that come to us, we send to those referrals uh, to those practitioners who have studied under us. And we have them in 40 countries. So That's amazing. Yeah. So can you tell people how they could reach out to you or find you and where they can get more information on all this stuff? Well, kickitnaturally.com is the best place to find us and get a hold of us and listen to our podcast and stuff. But also, if you download that book for free, um, you'll find in there that we have a free and private Facebook support group where people come and ask questions and uh, all of our coaches and everybody kind of help people walk through because it's the the human body's complicated. It's tricky. Don't think it's easy. And mm-hmm. you'll get confused when you start to look at these things. And it's a great place to get help and get answers. Yeah. And every time you think you know something, <laughs> yeah. you're probably about ready to be uh, knocked off your horse. Right. We're all learning. Yes. It's just, every day. A lot, right. It's We're never going to figure it all out. Every no. time we think we know it, we break something open and all this other stuff comes out. Yeah, absolutely. That's that is very true. So I will link to that in the show notes. And thank you so much for providing the listeners with that free book. That is great. So I will link to that where they can go online and get that download that. And um, is there anything else you want to leave us with any parting words? Um, I think a salamander. Salamander, that's great. I want to leave you with that word. Go ponder that. It's a fun (laughs) word, right? Think about that for a while. No, thanks so much for having me. I I really enjoy being on shows where the host knows what they're talking about. It makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, I well, I don't know that much. Like I said before, I don't know that much about this subject. I only know what I get frustrated about hearing because it doesn't make sense to me in the little bit that I do know. I, I just think, gosh, that just doesn't that just doesn't add up. That just doesn't make sense. And okay, so, just keep keep working on being obnoxious, and I will be happy. <laughs> That'll be great. So I I love having you on here. So you could uh, kind of just impart all your knowledge in this. So hopefully people go listen to your podcast. Um, You've got some amazing episodes on just so many things that I don't hear a whole lot of other health podcasters talk about. Right. So I love it. Yeah. You're quite controversial, TC. I know. (laughs) I'm a rebel. (laughs) You are a rebel. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show here and we will catch up with you soon. Thanks. Okay, guys, so that's all I have with today's podcast episode with TC Hale. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. I hope you learned um, some new information. And I hope if you had any fears about eating the ketogenic diet and its effect on the pH balance in your body or meats being too acidic, I hope that kind of helped you to understand uh, a little bit about why that is uh, not necessarily true. And hopefully that can put uh, put your mind at, at ease a little bit. So um, again, I will link to the show. I will link in the show notes to the free book that you can pick up. But you to get that, you will go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash lifestyle, and you can download that as a special guest to our listeners. And then you can also go to that same web address, uh, kickitnaturally.com, and get all kinds of information regarding health that you are interested in. Just uh, like he said, you can do a search for pretty much any topic that you have questions on, and he probably has a podcast episode on it. Uh, You can also go to iTunes and or pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, and you can download his Kick It Naturally podcast. And subscribe to that and then you'll be notified every time a new episode comes out. I believe they're on Fridays, but don't uh, 
don't hold me to that, but I believe it is. And before I go today, uh, one thing I wanted to do was I really wanted to share with you guys um, just one email message that I got. I've, I've been getting a few, so I will try to, I, I want to read a few of these um, throughout the next couple of podcast episodes. I just really appreciate it. And I just want to to read them and, and kind of share these with you guys and, and just appreciation of all the, like I said earlier, the love I've been getting. So this one is from Odette. She says, dear Jessica, I'm listening to you all the way from South Africa and wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. Your honesty is so heartwarming, especially in a world of so much fake because of almost all conversations being digital. I could feel you opening up to us and she's referring to the last episode, number 39, and it makes you so much more real. I am 53, have been ketogenic for two years, never really overweight, but believed I had to be fat-free and train hard all of my life to stay in weight. Well, I have to say that menopause opened my eyes as none of what I always did worked anymore. I also had those fall-off moments, and as you said, that made me realize just how good keto makes me feel and how used to feeling bad I was for most of my life. Thank you for sharing your life experiences and all the awesome keto info with us. Although far away with no keto support, people like you make me feel that I'm normal and on the right track. Oh, and I love the beginning chatter. Feels like I'm having a quick catch up coffee with a girlfriend. Love your podcast. Warm regards, Adet. So, um, Again, just love that. Love getting those types of messages. And I just so appreciate your guys' support and all of that. And um, the the beginning chatter is uh, not good to go away. <laughs> so um, so if you like that, it'll be coming back. Um, my husband has been super busy and got a lot going on right now in the uh, real estate world. It's a very busy time of year. And... Um, but he is going to, we're going to try to get in some kind of a routine so we can figure out a better recording day so they can have him back. Cause I, it really helps me with the flow and feeling good. And, um, you know, he's just, he truly is my other half and I just really enjoy having him, uh, be there with me. It just helps me a lot. So, uh, hopefully we'll have him back here in the next episode or two. And hey guys, one more thing before I go, I want to bring to your attention is today is the day for the release of my dear friend, Jimmy Moore's, um, at with Doc Nally, a brand new book called the keto cure. It is released today on Amazon. So I am still anxiously awaiting my copy, which should be here probably within hours. So I cannot wait, but you can go into Amazon right now. If you have prime, you can get it with free one day shipping. And it is uh, offered right now for the special price of, I think it's like $20 and 50 cents or something crazy like that. I have no doubt it is going to be an awesome book and I just cannot wait to get my hands on a copy. Also keep your eye on my social media outlets. I will be uh, through Instagram and probably Facebook as well. I am going to be giving away at least one copy, maybe more than one of that book in the next week or so. So keep your eye on my social media channels and um, make sure that you take advantage of getting your name in the drawing for that great book. My Instagram is at that keto blonde and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Jessica Ty nutrition. So you can access those.
Again, the Keto Cure, Doc Nally and Jemmy Moore, brand new out today. Go grab yours on Amazon, guys. Okay, that's all I have for you. I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Go leave Mommy a five-star review. Thanks for listening to my Mommy and Daddy. This episode of Keto Lifestyle was brought to you by Mobile Mutations. Mobile Mutations is an app development, software development company based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, that is able to evolve your ideas to the next level. Whether you're a small business or a large corporation looking to get app ideas or put together a new portfolio for your online presence, please visit the website at Mobile